Previously on the LWC. That's a new kid from Chino. I heard he got suspended for wearing a MAGA hat. Yeah, and he was the captain of the Republican debate team. Yeah, and he got expelled for like misgendering. You don't understand. I'm not like you. I don't belong here. Ryan, I don't care. You're cis, so what? You're still my friend. No matter what that judge says today, you'll never be guilty of hate speech to me. Thanks, Sandy. I'm proud of you, kid. Hey, Chino! Were you looking at my Z? Welcome to LWC, bitch. Louder with Crowder, here we come. Right back where we started from. Louder with Crowder. I'm wow. actually, hold on a second. That's epic. This was actually my <laughs> grandfather's pipe. My brother, where's the other one? I don't want to it crack it. Went under the chair. You're screwed right, I now. I kicked it under, under Hopper's bed. Glad oh, to be with you. That's the yeah. sound of, uh, of this is my, my my grandfather's refinished pipe. It's oh. pretty cool, isn't oh. it? That's super it's, cool. Actually, yeah. We both get the cancer. Uh, <laughs> we have fantastic guests. We have Nigel Farage on the show. Oh, yes. We have Frank Chael Sonnen on the show. Boom. We'll be fighting Fedor Emelianenko pretty yeah. soon. And um, we will be talking about the recent Google debacle, the videos oh, that have been released for those. Let me ask this question today before we continue. Obviously, we're generally against government overregulation, but when you'll, yeah. you'll see these videos leaked from Google a little later in the show, if you haven't seen them yet, and you think of just how powerful these companies are, the stranglehold they have on in information, what do we do with them? And I, I don't mean that from an individual standpoint, like, we'll just don't watch, from a, from a societal, a regulatory one. Uh, in third chair, we have Owen Benjamin, hugepianist.com. How are you, sir? Hey, guys. Good to be back. Yeah. You're going to be in hey Dallas guys. on Friday, other shows? Dallas is sold out, but uh, yeah. Sunday, San Antonio, Monday, Houston, Tuesday, Austin sold out. Wednesday, Atlanta, Friday, West Palm Beach. Come. I'm tired of Ooh. your plugs. Gerald Morgan Jr. with What's the Wine of the Day, sir? Well, we have a really cool wine of the day. We had a, a fan of the show send in a wine. He actually Ooh. gave me a gift for my uh, engagement. This is Bevan Wine Cellars, one of my favorite wines. This guy's fantastic, by the way. It's uh, Patrick Ungaro, I okay. think. I don't know. Uh, and, and, and No, no, the guy that sent it. That oh, Patrick. oh so you should, you should I thought you were talking about a And then he also sent something for the something. crew because he knows you guys like to booze it up a little bit, a little oh, whiskey yeah. over here. Here we go. Oh, Patrick, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And with uh, Owen Benjamin's size, that will get him zero parts. Zero junk. Yeah, we'll, we'll need more. <laughs> Are you like Wolverine? Does it take a lot for you? Yeah, yeah. I'm a giant person. Like to the point where it's uh, it's a hindrance at bars. 
I can, yeah, you know, like it's, it's really expensive. prohibitive. Yeah. Oh, it's insane. Yeah, right. Someone's like, let's go out and grab a beer and chat. I'm like, yeah, we're like five or six. So, you know, I feel something. <laughs> yeah, it's also a little bit. Like, well, so you're like that too. You, it doesn't affect you nearly as much. Yeah, either. that's just because of my genetic profile. A lot of oh, uh, Northern European heritage. And yeah. uh, Quarter Black Garrett, of course, producing. Show him your hood pass there, Quarter Black. Check it out. Dad I bought black. this yesterday. Wow, that is oh. awful. Hey, no, no, no. Now, the fact that you went to oh. a CD store. <laughs> no, look, look. As white as I can possibly think of. I bought it and then I listened to it. It's uh, it's censored. So. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh right, that's the uh, white version. Don't worry. But our lead story before we get to Google, uh, Hurricane Florence, obviously due to hit the Carolinas, and some have already begun blaming Donald uh, Trump. Of course, good old Washington Why not? Post. <laughs> Uh, so, well, we have to lead. It's this is, you know breaking. This big is news. what we're talking yeah, about this right now. So, actually, actually here, uh, an exclusive live coverage yeah. is the Louder with Clatter slash CNN weather correspondent. Let's see what. He Why didn't Donald Trump sign the Paris Accord? Why? <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe that man's ever been a meteorologist at all. Uh, yeah. I don't think so. Do you have to volunteer to go on these things, like to be the hurricane guy or something? I, I really don't understand this. Well, that's like the I Tom Cruise for that. I, it's like the risky guy. It's the guy that's like, do you want to do traffic? It's like, now put me in the eye of the hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> it's always on the edge. It only well, happens in this film. Always on well, the well, look, even, <laughs> even, this, even if this is really his fault, like the effects wouldn't happen for decades. And like 20 years from now, maybe you can blame a storm on Donald Trump if that's even true. Well, yeah, the, it's not going to be three months later, blame, five months later. <laughs> but the economy is Obama's, but yes. the weather is Trump's. Trump's and don't forget... Now. That it's because of uh, moisture inequality that's yes, causing all these problems. Exactly. <laughs> it's moisture inequality. Yeah. By the way, I am the best at moisture quality. Frankly, they call me the humidifier. That's what they call me. I don't call myself. They call me that. How did this turn sexual? In science. <laughs> what? This is a terrible opening. Nigel Farage coming up. Wonderful to have a yeah. state following this. Uh, Prestigious. In scientific news, a, a man born without a uh, Doniger had a 10 day. This almost seems like an oxymoron, but it's not. It's not yeah. contradictory. A man born without a schmeckle had a 10-day massive erection <laughs> following bionic phallus implants. This is, yeah, so, so this, is, this comes from a scientific journal, one, one, of, one of them. One of them. Doctors created the bionic penis using the skin from Wardle's arm and nerves from his legs. Wardle, Wardle suffered through a painful 10-day erection following... The name. That's a little funny, a painful 10-day erection <laughs> following the surgery, and he was told he had to wait six weeks uh, before having sex. And we're we're laughing, obviously. It's it, oh. but there's there's all we're laughing so that we don't have to deal with the pain yeah. because I, clearly the Russians have hacked R2D2's erection. Oh, R2, you're incorrigible. We knew it all along. <laughs> I didn't realize till I was an adult that those two robots were like real gay. Yes. What? Are they, they really? Yeah. Gay. Oh, they were I a gay couple. Oh, well, they might have just been experimenting. <laughs> oh, they were like a, they were an old queeny like bitchy couple. <laughs> it's like oh, oh too. Look, I thought a long erection was kind of like the the whole point, right? Like it was painful was, though. It was painful. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would have thought. Have you ever had an erection that was painful? There's a spider someone? that gives that to you, actually. There's a spider. I can't remember. It's like pra, pra, so, someone. Someone send me the terms. Like something <laughs> prabotasm. It's some weird thing where it actually creates an erection like so painful that you can pass out. Oh, are you serious? And I think it's from the uh, uh, a trap door spider. They bite you. But uh, it's odd to me that that's the one part it would affect. Like you think like uh, like you'd be rigid in your hands and fingers. No, just one spot. <laughs> I'm I'm real gullible. So is this real? This is real. I swear. <laughs> it's spiders. They're using it. They're using yes. the spider venom in some kind of like new Viagra. Viagra kind yeah, of deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like you're with your wife and it's like, oh, there's a spider on you. It's like, just go with it. 
<laughs> Shh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's it the will good go spider. for days, baby. It's a good spider. It's going to give me a daddy long leg, if you know what I mean. <laughs> now, 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 people are going to tell me that I'm contradicting myself. See, good comes from spider venom, right. and you wanted to blow up Snake Island. I do. I want to blow up Snake Island. Blow it up. Wait a minute. There's a okay. Snake Island? Have you ever heard of yeah, Snake man. Island? No. It's but it's got spiders it's an on island it? that yeah. I, you can't go more than one meter without there being a snake. And by the way, huh. there are snakes that only exist on these island, this specific island off the coast of, uh, I don't know where in Washington, D.C.? No, no, no. <laughs> no, they're in legit. Washington, D.C. And uh, it's Snake Island, and they're like, well, I have to study all these endangered species. Of I'm like, Hold on a second. If it's a snake that only exists on Snake Island, that's a closed ecosystem. Yeah. Blow it up! Get them out. Get him out. The rest of the planet. Don't let. Don't there's nothing good island. about snakes. There's nothing good about snakes. For no. snakes have antivenom to give for big erection. <laughs> to make fights. <laughs> snake Island. Off wow. the, I think it's near Sao Paulo. Snake that's Island. That's literally oh, the most horrifying thing I've ever heard. I, I've yeah. had nightmares about Snake Island. <laughs> now I will too. Waking up on. Snake. And the, by, the way, and by the way, flying snakes on Snake what? Island. Shut yeah. up! I am not joking. No. No, yeah. it's it's something like one snake per every square meter on this island. Probably even le less square meterage, if that's a term. <laughs> and I don't like the metric system, even though I'm Canadian. Nice. By the way, Canadians, when they say, I use the metric system, you'll screw Really? You. How tall you are? Uh, one point something meters. <laughs> Just shut up. You go kill a man, but for height, you don't use it. Snake Island, flying snakes. It's just awful. It's like a bad it's Asian like, film or something yeah. like that. It's a nightmare I, I, island. Like, I, now uh, now we have, we have Snake Island and we have boner spiders. <laughs> And I'm supposed to sleep tonight. Yeah. No, not really. You're just supposed to feel better. You're going to wake up yourself. tomorrow and be like, oh, I got bit you're by a spider, I guess. You feel better uh, about oh, yourself man. because of the people who live in the favelas in Brazil. Oh. And, you know, that they yeah. look at the favelas, they look where they're living in their dirt homes, and then someone goes, oh, you want to live? You look for a better life? Man, I can take you to Snake Island <laughs> for <laughs> you. Waiting for you. Yeah. Is it called Snake Island or is it called like deceptively Island. nice? Like, yeah, no, it's not ironic. <laughs> no. It's not like Snake Island Tropical you show up Island. and it's nothing but sunfish. It's snakes. Every time. It's Every time. Because Iceland and Greenland uh, was a PR move by the Vikings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know. And I learned that from Mighty Ducks, too. Uh, finally, in a, uh, Tess, Gordon Bombay got his groove back. Tess Holiday is calling out a website for selling a fat is not beautiful sweatshirt. This one comes to us from HuffPo, not quite a science journal. But uh, Tess yeah. Holiday, the site fashionista, UK-based artist uh, Florence Given, uh, as well as many other on social media, denounced the $168 sweatshirt made <laughs> by the brand LPA. This was, I, this, I hate to address, but this is trending everywhere, of course, and Tess Holiday has actually personally called us out on this show. Uh, by the way, we don't dislike big women, just Tess Holiday. So the yeah. timing, <laughs> the, the timing, Island. <laughs> <laughs> the timing seems a little bit suspect given the release of uh, Holiday's highly anticipated clothing line this week, Dead by 30. So that brings us to this week's Prouder 7 plus 1. <laughs> You forgot the one in the chamber. Do not forget no, the important. one in the chamber. Yeah, that's Always important. remember, it's important. You don't fire a Very whole ton important. of guns. There's one in the chamber. It's eight. Right? Yeah, and there's also something called Snake Island. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> pretty terrible. We've lost Owen for the rest of the show. <laughs> that's all he's gonna talk about. Let's try and let's try and. Folk, focus. The snake will be there for you tomorrow. <laughs> Today we do show. Tomorrow, Snake Island. The bite. Um, so these are yeah, these are the uh, seven yeah. plus one uh, top action, top selling items from yeah. Tess Holiday's new clothing line. Oh, uh, Dead by Thirty. Number seven. This is actually a popular show. I see their take on this. It's a uh, Kiss Me, I'm Dying. Yeah, that one seems to be. Doesn't seem as though it's uh, actually something someone oh, wanted to do. do, do. Right. It's almost <laughs> uh, number six. Uh, I'm too sexy for my prescription pants. That's 
that's funny. <laughs> Dude, prescription pants is amazing. Uh, I I, by the way, I think that's, a, that's a setup to do the Simpsons. I think they were the oh, ones nice. who started that. Uh, no, number five, you've seen, of course, the I'd rather be fishing shirts. I'd rather be eating. Oh, Seems yeah. a little bit on the nose, yeah, but it uh, really is all about the sale. It's, a, it's yeah. about moving merchandise on the clothing <laughs> yeah, yeah. at this point because they Shameless. can't move it themselves. Number four, I had a massive coronary and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> That's a little bit more effort than just going down the steep water That's good. slide. That's yeah, good. yeah. You think like she get more than a shirt? No. <laughs> You'd think almost it should be at least at least. What are, the, what are they scrubs when you come out? What, what is it like the boy the boy in the pajamas in the World War II thing that it looks like you're wearing them when you go to the hospital and that you like know, your ass yeah. is hanging yeah. out the back? It's no, those the, aren't scrubs. Not scrubs. Yeah. Ass, gowns. Gowns. ass with scrubs. Gowns. Yeah. It's gowns. It's a gown. Just about best dressing gown. Number three again from Tess Holiday's line of clothing, uh, Dead by Thirty. Number three, she thinks my mobility scooter's sexy. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's oh convinced that she does. By the way, are these all like 168 bucks? Like uh, stupid uh, sweatshirts? Well, think, yeah. I, she thinks That's my track. She thinks my tractor's sexy. Was that was that uh, Kenny Chesney? The co country song. I the country song was it Kenny Chesney? I don't know. know. It's something like that from. But un unlike Kenny, that guy's not gay. Number two uh, <laughs> comes from James Dean saying, "Live fat, die young." Seems oh almost yeah. As though it's oh, depressing. Yeah. Makes and, sense. Uh, She's Asian there. So <laughs> actually, the number one selling a piece of clothing from Tess Holiday, which makes sense, but it's actually in Texas, of course. So it's been yeah. selling really well across the, the, the southern portion of the Perfect, state. Yeah. Come and take it. Well, that sounds oh, kind of... Oh, well, oh, well okay. No, oh, no, the there it is. And yeah. uh, the one left in the chamber, this one, because it seemed a little off the beaten path, and we didn't know how to fit it in. You know, I heart New York. It's a I do not heart scales. That seems as though, uh, yeah, oh, this yeah, has been this week. Yeah. Seven plus one. <laughs>
having actual tearful meltdowns yeah. after the election, uh-huh. determining uh, how they're going to use their powers to stop Trump. Well, you know what? Before we before we move on and get let, let's just watch the clip. Here you go. This was what this was leaked was supposed to be inter- internal. <laughs> Oops. I, I'm amazed that Google isn't better know? about their cybersecurity. How Here's the clip. People are leaving. Staff is crying. We're going to lose. No, thank God. Uh, <laughs> Let me take breath. a break. I'm not going to cry. That was the first moment I really felt like we were going to lose. And it was this massive, yeah. like, kick in the gut that yes. we were going to lose. History teaches us that there are periods of populism, of, of nationalism that rise up. And we, that's all the reason we need to be in the arena. That's why we have to work so hard to make sure it doesn't turn into a world war or something (laughs) catastrophic. No, he doesn't need to. Catastrophic is the makeup artist and whoever was manning that camera. Like, I don't know if he just, did, did he, did, what, what's the security process at Google? Like, yeah. hey, hey, did you make sure to put the, uh, the discs, uh, the camera discs back where they're supposed to? Yes, good enough for me. Thanks. <laughs> Look good. at the production value, though. I mean, this is Google. This is one of the biggest tech companies it's in the world. Well, well, that's the problem when you don't live in reality is yes. you don't see anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is exactly what we were talking about yesterday uh, with Norm Macdonald. Yeah. The, the conversation here was actually was meant to be internal, right, behind closed doors. Uh, of course, Google lied about being unbiased publicly. Right, of course. And now you see it with Norm Macdonald. It's just that they don't care. It's, these are public executions. But this is what was yeah. occurring right after the election. Back then, they still tried to keep it a little bit of a secret. Now they don't. Now they couldn't care less. Um, but you, yeah, that's right. I thought you had a point here. You were you were. Jumping. Oh yeah, I mean, I knew that they were thugs when they killed Jeeves for asking too many questions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think if he just shut up, he, he would have been all right. I think the fact that Jeeves never actually answered any questions. No. Nothing. Uh, nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing. Yes, I'm like, hey, Jeeves, what is uh, what is protoplasm? Like, did you mean priapism? Would you want to seek out Gerald <laughs> no. Morgan? Here's the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, wow. Jeeves, like that, huh? <laughs> you disloyal turncoat. <laughs> it's just funny, but the left, they, 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 they harp on about like a sort of handmaiden's tale. Yeah. Right, this this fascist Trump administration, yeah. this you, this sort of dystopian future. This is something that really. First off, I didn't make it through hand, Handmaid's Tale. I said no. Handmaiden, Handmaid's Tale. Did anyone here actually? No, make it I just saw. I watched the first season because I thought it was about Islam. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm dead no, serious. It was the Mennonites. Clearly, it was about. <laughs> no, but the it Mennonites. was like you, you know, you, the, uh, women are like baby machines. They cover them up. They have a stoning. I'm like, oh. well, they're really on the nose on this one. Yeah, and then yeah, I was fun. like, oh, this isn't about Iraq or Afghanistan. I'm like, mm-hmm. what? What is happening? <laughs> yeah. I couldn't get past the brick wall face lady, like the lead uh, actress. She's not. Yeah. Well, oh, for Mad Men? Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't get past any. I couldn't. Once they said, you were raped. It was your fault. Shame her. Shame her. Shame. In a circle. <laughs> okay. I was going, all right. You know what? And we're done. Okay. I'm out. Tap out. Ding, ding. Well, and the irony, of course, is if we were in The Handmaid's Tale, you're, you can't say it. It's a paradox. Right. <laughs> like they, you wouldn't be able to complain about it because we, you'd be in The Handmaid's Tale. I don't. I don't know what we're talking about now. But I will say this because because they are actors. <laughs> no, right. Um, but I will say this: the, 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 this dystopian future it can only exist. It can only be created by the progressive left. That's what I think. People use yeah. this like, Handmaid's Tale, or what yeah. was there was a uh, 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 the Purge. They did another one was like, oh, yeah. under Donald Trump, and he's silencing all this. So allow me to explain: the dystopian, horrible uh, eighty-four future can only exist with the left. Um, think about it: with a Republican president. And how's the left? They still have the media, the entertainment industry, education, the yeah. entire tech industry, which, by the way, is is unthinkably powerful, arguably the most powerful entity in all of our modern era. So uh, imagine this. All of let, let's take this different world here, because right now they, they try and paint it as though Donald Trump is the man. Right. Well, yeah. there's a, there's yeah. a president who's a, who's who's Republican. So we're we're fighting against him. Look, he yeah. wants to create a dystopian future. Hold on a second. Let's imagine a parallel universe where all of the tech giants spreading their propaganda and the left seize power of all major political branches. What could happen then? 
Handmaid's Tale, the liberal edition, LGBTQ, AIP, or else. I don't even know how they title it, but that's, imagine this for a second. Yeah. Right now, the left has all of the, the, all control over the information delivery. They just don't have a president. They're still able to say, look, he's orange. He sucks every single late night show. All they do is completely lampoon the guy. Every, I have no problem with yeah. it. I'm glad that we have a free press. But imagine if you combine that with the left running all branches of government and getting their policies. Uh, by the way, hold on a second, uh, breaking news. Let's, we need to check back oh, in yeah, with our, yeah. our CNN weather uh, correspondent. The Russians hacked El Nino! I have proof! Fake uh. news. <laughs> um, by the way, that's not even an exaggeration. No, that's not like at that all. That was satire this morning, and now it's not. Now it's yeah, not. It's real. Now it's right. not at all. If you just, yeah, I was reading the headlines at CNN. I was like, yeah. really? <laughs> well, look, I, I don't even, I don't want Republicans to have all the power. No! I, I don't, and I never want to impose my ideas on somebody. I want to convert people. If it's, if it's a good idea, then you can convince people that it's a good idea. The only thing the left can do is impose their ideas on the yeah. rest of us. That's it. Right. They're not trying to convert anybody. And that's no. why there's such a parallel with Islam. With yeah, Islam, exactly. it's convert or die. Exactly. Right. Submission. There's no yeah. choice yeah. because yeah. that's Submission. a bad idea, right? right? Bad ideas have to beat you into submission. That's why the left don't like that. They won't debate. That's what they say. There's no debate about climate change. That's what they, there can be no debate about hate speech. Exactly. There can be no debate about gender. When your ideas are terrible, you're not looking to convert people. You're just looking to try and regulate or actually kill them. Yes. That's yeah. Yeah. And that's why they're rapey. They, they don't like consent. <laughs> no, but I'm serious. They don't, they don't value consent. They don't like free markets. They don't no. like discussing yeah. ideas. They don't like debate. Right. That's why every scandal with like weird rapey stuff is always some leftist on a, like a roller yeah, like roller after being on Spider Island. Here's the thing, the right always has checks and balances. <laughs> Wait a minute, there's a Spider Island. Priapism? We started over. Yeah, was it was it, what, was it, what was the term? Pri uh, I don't know, actually, I forgot. He's gonna be like, you know when you look to see, <laughs> hear how a word is pronounced and it's like, you know, priapism. respite or whatever it is. Yeah. When you, yeah. It's just gonna be Gerald, it's like priapism, did you mean priapism? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if my voice ends up on the internet saying priapism, I'm gonna get pissed. I'm gonna clip it out the, now. The right always has checks and balances against them. Why? Because of the establishment, media, entertainment industry, and big tech, that's the thing, there's always going to be some form of a check and balance on the right. Yeah. It doesn't matter what office we hold, it doesn't matter if we have a, a YouTube channel, it doesn't matter if we have the, the, the biggest late night podcast on YouTube right now, it doesn't matter if we're bigger than Seth Meyers or, or a lot of these late night programs that have so much more money because they do have the entire entertainment industry and the media. There, there will always be checks and balances against the Republicans. That doesn't exist with the left. You know, you, you know something else? Um, I think that, that, that we, when we talk about TV, film, music, news, YouTube, Hulu, Netflix, Facebook, Twitter, Google, they're all part of one industry. Because yeah. I'm almost tired right here of saying, I'm saying the media, it's like we yeah. have to go down this list. The yeah. media, the entertainment industry, it's just, you know, it's, it's, one it's big monolith. It's the information industry. Yeah, yeah exactly. The misinformation industry. Yep. So whenever I say misinformation industry, it includes everything that we've just mentioned. Let's call it that. <laughs> yeah, and that's why it's important we, we keep our family strong, because it's good to get your information from, like, your dad or your grandfather. Right. Because yeah. they, they can't be influenced by narcissistic psychopaths in Silicon Valley. Yes. Did you ever hear the Denzel Washington interview when he was... Uh, oh, it was know, awesome. What did he say? You never saw that one? No. He, you, know, you know what I'm talking about, where the guy said, you know, he's talking about mass incarceration rate against blacks. Yeah. And he was asking Denzel Washington about it, and he said, um, I think we have to fix the problem with our family. <laughs> See, because they're not arresting seven-year-olds. Right. And the guy just got really quiet. He was like, that was it. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. And not arresting seven-year-olds. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome.
You hear what I'm saying? They're not arresting seven-year-olds. They just moved on. It's so <laughs> true, it's though. It's, it's right like by. that's the only way out of any of this nonsense. Yes, yeah, it's true. And your grandparents would be able to tell you socialism sucks. Still, yeah, most of them. <laughs> most of them. Unless, you know, Unless one, it's I don't Bernie. Know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unless it's Bernie. Unless it's Bernie. <laughs> no, they're going to get it there. right, boys. But they're it, almost there. Almost. When people talk one about it, they want to scare us into thinking that Donald Trump wants to eliminate all of your freedoms, or that Republicans do, because Republicans, for example, believe that you shouldn't be able to abort someone, right? That's You shouldn't be able to kill somebody. Yeah. So they're like, look, they want they want their hands on your vagina literally they want to reach into your vagina they want to reach into your birth canal and strangle it no this listen it's just we don't want you to kill somebody yeah. <laughs> yeah. but if you talk about oppressive viewpoints you talk about like you said beating people into submission isn't it scary to think what happened the next time democrats get a super majority Ugh. i'm moving to snake island you want to <laughs> be willing to do it i'm yeah. dead serious i'd rather live on snake island it. it would be snake island the whole yeah, country yes. would be snake island you want to talk about dystopian future okay here are some versions uh which aren't that far off if the left had their exact proposals granted. So they want to paint this hypothetical because Donald Trump says fake news. So they go, look, Donald Trump wants to create a law which will ban all meat. No, no, no. Let's just actually look at their proposed legislation. Yeah. Here, picture a world where a world where guns are confiscated from citizens so that only the government has them. Jeez. Well, that's being proposed right now. <laughs> It's a proposal ad nauseum, but specifically, let's just take California, the congressman, uh, Eric Solwell. I think, yeah. yeah, he's actually proposing that, and he's just even saying it in those words. Yeah. Of course, left-wing, you can go to New York Times, you know, Miami Herald, Rolling Stone. This has been proposed for a very long time. Here's another example. We're talking about dystopian futures where there's the balance of authority. Is that yeah. a black? I picture a world where we create pronoun laws based on ideology rather than any kind of science invented by those in power to enforce fines and, by the way, prison sentences. Jeez. It already happens in New York, California, not to mention Canada. That's why Jordan Peterson is famous. Yeah. Just for saying I'm not going to go along with compelled language. It's already happening. Let me paint, paint another, uh, another picture for you. A world where speech laws with no objective basis at all, allowing those in power to jail anyone they so choose. That world existing. There's already that bill proposed in California. It would ban religious books. Yeah. Right? We, we, this has already happened all across Europe yeah. and Canada. We're not that far off from it. You don't need the girl from Mad Men in a Mennonite hood <laughs> with people saying rape, rape, shame. Yeah. Let, me, let me give you another example. A future where children, you'll like this one, Owen. A future, picture a world where children are taken away from parents who don't want to inject them with hormone blockers. It's already happened. Jeez. It's already happened. Well, so when we talk, now combine all of those together. Imagine some kind of a world where, okay, Citizens don't have guns, only the government does. Citizens can't speak freely. Citizens can't use biologically proper pronouns. And they must inject their children with hormone blockers or face losing their children. Guess what you have? You have the DNC's utopia. Americans really need to wake up with this, this, yeah. this dystopian future. It's already here. It's happening on a state and national level, let alone when you look to Europe or my home country of Canada. This, and this is also, by the way, why the court appointees are so important, because of notoriously lean left. It's nearly impossible yeah. for President Trump to pass anything without having to fight the courts. Again, I'm not, we're talking about checks and balances. Yeah. These yeah. exist politically against any party. They don't exist sociologically. They don't exist in culture when it comes to the information. The internet is kind of allowing that uh, for, for, for a little bit. I mean, that's yeah, a, you've, you've, you know, you, you and I have struggled with this, where we lost our management and agents, but now you're selling out shows because yeah. Yeah. of the internet. Yeah, because America's awesome. And because, but now, what do they want to do? They want to get a stranglehold on the internet and say, yeah. okay, let's put him on the blacklist. Oh, they're doing all that. They kick me off Twitter. They kick me off Facebook. I get strikes on YouTube for saying normal things. Yeah, and, and and the left says yeah, what they're going to do. 
let's, let's give him a little leeway. Listen, I'm an artist who's terrified of snakes. <laughs> snake Island. I have a right to make mistakes. See, that's another thing that people have to understand. You have a right to be wrong. Yes. Right. Like, and that's the thing. I've said things that looking back, I'm like, oh man, but I believed it at the time. Yeah. And that's what growth is. You have to be able to articulate yeah. ideas because that way we don't kill each other. And the left wants us to kill each other, well, apparently. That, here's something that's a good example. That's also, again, it's fundamental to our worldview. And comment below if you disagree. People, I know I can already see people saying, oh, you're generalizing. Well, we are to save time, dummies, because we're not going to do a five-hour podcast where we right. sit here and just get like, – at some point, we do have to make a point. So, yes, we are general. Not all liberals and not all Republicans, right? All liberals. Yeah, people like – all. <laughs> You have all like, hashtag like, all. Okay, let's, let's go this way, though. Hashtag, are any, any right-wing politicians anywhere in the United States advocating for laws that include throwing those who disagree with them in jail on the basis of nope. speech, nope. hormone no. blockers? No. If you can think of any, let me know. Comment below. But what would stop the left when Google, arguably the most powerful tech company in the world, the entire misinformation industry, again, that includes media, Hollywood, big tech, it's going to catch on sooner it or will. later. What would happen when they would be openly conspiring to enact this sort of authoritarian agenda together? Let me give you an exact example. Let me put a finer point on it. President Ocasio Santa Marina Pinta Cortez. <laughs> Nina Santa Marina Pinta Nina Cortez. I just can't Something say anything. We'll just say anything. Larry yeah. Moe Curly Cortez. President <laughs> Cortez. Down the line, Nancy Pelosi. Press Secretary oh. Chris Cuomo. Oh. And advisor Zuckerberg Dorsey and Wojcicki. Oh. We're not that far. Did you just did you just piss yourself? Did I just hear you? Put a gun in my mouth. Did I just hear scary. you pee yourself? Dude, I'd have the Braveheart paint on. <laughs> like I, on the streets. You naked. should. You should, and you should have urinated yourself faster than Gerald is going to empty his medicine right, cabinet before we go check during the break. <laughs> because it's worth it. That's how terrifying it is. We'll be back after this with Nigel Farage. Ooh. Hi, I'm Steven Crowder, and that's Ben Shapiro, but I don't think you can see him right now. I am going to be on the Ben Shapiro Sunday Special Show. That's what it's called, right? The Ben Shapiro Sunday Special. Yeah, it's a big deal. There's one guest, and uh, we're going to be talking about some things maybe off the beaten path, different side of Ben and myself that maybe you haven't necessarily seen before, and I think he's probably going to try and make me cry because I saw his show prep. Drink it, you cyst scum. It's full of asbestos. You're going to kill him. I don't want cancer. No. Stop. What you say? Ooh, that you only meant well, well, cause you did. Ooh, what you say? Mm, that it's all for the best. Our next guest. Because every now and then you got to keep your Nigel hand strong. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people, they, they, he's known across the land as, as Mr. Brexit. Of course, you can follow him at Nigel underscore Farage, as long as they still allow him on Twitter. But uh, we know him as the Sultan of SWAT, the PIMP of the UK. Mr. Farage, thank you for being here, sir. Great to be back. How's it going? Uh, probably not going as well for me as it is for you, because my gosh, you have, you have so much going on. You just, since we last spoke, uh, you launched an American podcast, right, at nfarage.com, uh, I believe is where people can find it. You're going to yep. be going on a tour, uh, restarting sort of the Brexit campaign again. I mean, you have a double-decker bus you were just telling me during the break. Yeah, a big open-top double-decker bus, loudspeakers, music, noise, color, fun, get out and meet people. What I want to do is I want to get the British public to tell their members of parliament not to betray Brexit. Because if they do that, tell them, we'll never, ever vote for you again. Because it's, it's really interesting, this. The British people voted to be free. 
right. to lead, you know, not to be not to be governed by these bureaucrats in Brussels, to be a free country, and our gutless politicians are trying to water Brexit down. So I'm. Uh, I'm sort of getting back into the front lines of Brexit, if you like. Yes, well, the double-decker bus, you, it sounds much more like a, like a Dr. Seuss vehicle or a party than it does a political campaign. I'm, I'm assuming that's by design. Well, I'll tell you what, the one thing that politics doesn't do enough of, we don't make people smile enough. The subjects matter, but let's have a bit of fun doing it as well. That's a good point. We always try to do it on this show. Unfortunately, uh, not so much for our audience. They just go, well, you know what, that one fell flat. But hopefully it'll be better here. Now, now that you're here with us today, <laughs> I, we were just talking, we just showed some clips before uh, you uh, you graced us with your presence here, uh, Mr. Farage, uh, with the Google executives. I'm sure you've seen this where it was, it was internal yep. and now it was leaked. They were freaking out saying at YouTube, they'll do any, YouTube and Google, they'll do anything to stop the Trump voters, stop this movement. And, and it's really concerning, obviously, because it's arguably the most powerful company in the world as far as information. This is something that's been uh, pretty important to you. You've been at the forefront. Conservatives on social media. Um, tell us about this a little bit. I know you're doing a, a, big, uh, a big talk on this on the 20th, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm doing a speech in London next week about this. Okay. Um, and, I did, and I did confront Mark Zuckerberg recently. I met him recently. Um, I said, look, you know, there's no question on Facebook, because of your algorithm changes, uh, conservative voices, their traffic is down about 25% now from 18 months ago. That's a fact. You know, it's not hard to prove those numbers. Right. He insists, Zuckerberg insists, oh, no, 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 Nigel. We're a platform for all ideas. Well, they're not any longer a platform for all ideas. That, in my view, makes them a publisher, which, of course, means they should be liable to be sued for the content that's on there. Now, at the moment, we're not getting very far with this, but it's happening across every single social media platform. Right. They realize their own creation led to Brexit, led to Trump. Without social media, it could never have happened. They're now making us pay a terrible price for it, and something needs to be done. Now, I'm normally you know, pretty libertarian. Yes. I hate the big state. I hate the big state. I don't want to be told how to live my life, but just sometimes you do need legislation, and I think there needs to be legislation, whether it comes in the form of a bill of rights for social media users, there needs to be someone monitoring and making sure that all reasonable opinions get fair play on social media. We cannot stand idly by with what's going on. Two things that uh, upset me there quite a bit. Number one, I'm upset that you and Zuckerberg are on a first-name basis. He calls you Nigel. You've been on this show four times, I call you Mr. But, you know, hey, listen. Yeah. <laughs> um, there were other people watching, you know. But <laughs> I tell you what, I'll bet you one thing, under his breath, he told me something different that we couldn't even use on your show. I can. Well, no, you could certainly use it, but I appreciate it because you're a gentleman that you will not. Uh, I, I uh, you know, are you suggesting regulating them like public utilities? Because I, we've a lot of people have talked about that state side. Obviously, as more of a libertarian conservative, that get that that gives me pause. The one thing I think that everyone should be on board with, at least a first step, is uh, transparency in business practices. Because you have conservatives who are paying to advertise on these platforms, often have employees of Facebook or Google or Twitter running ad campaigns for these conservatives and they're subsequently banned or their content is. So what do you think the right steps are when you say it needs to be regulated? Are you, I know you'll talk about it in the 20th, but can you give us any kind of sneak peek as to what you're thinking? I, I, I mean, clearly judging, you know, what is liberal and what is conservative at times is quite subjective. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying this is going to be easy, but if you have a regulator, if you have somebody monitoring, making sure that opposing opinions, but within the reasonable parameters of democratic debate, 
are getting fair play in terms of search and in terms of breach. Uh, and, and if, as a user, you're unhappy, you make a complaint, you have a regulator that's got the ability to take action or to fine a company if it's seen to be biased. Look, all I'm doing here is quoting my close personal friend, Mark Zuckerberg's words back to him. <laughs> Just call him Mark. <laughs> call him Marky Mark, and I'm sure he'll hate it. <laughs> he says it's a platform for all ideas. Well, OK, Mr. Zuckerberg, we're going to hold you to that. Exactly. And here's the thing. They have to then respond with what they have two, they have one of two decisions to make either say ah okay you know what that was kind of bullcrap we're not a platform for all voices in which case we sort of have to accept it but they'll watch their stock prices uh, plummet or they have to play ball i'd be fine with it if they said you know what you saw what happened behind closed doors. We want to use our platform to try and influence elections. We don't like the fact that, that you know, people like Farage and Trump rode this sort of populist conservative wave and they used our We want to get rid of these voices. If they said that, I don't think conservatives would be nearly as mad. Don't, would you agree? No, it's, it, it's the sheer dishonesty. It, yeah. It's them continuing to pretend that everything is fine, that nothing has changed, when you can quite clearly, clearly see from the traffic that everything has changed. They're being utterly dishonest. They're being allowed to get away with it. And the trouble is that most lawmakers, because they're so powerful, these companies, most lawmakers haven't got the guts to stand up to them. Now, the one man who has got the guts and could really do something here is Donald Trump. You know, he's already appointed Brad Pascale as his campaign manager for 2020. And I'm really hoping that these guys get a grip on this because it needs to happen at that level. Well, I would like to see you there with him. I would like to see you specifically tackling this issue. I think Donald Trump could do it, but I think you are, are, are obviously very linguistically gifted and uh, could just make mincemeat of uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Mark, I'm going to call him Mark from now on. I would love to see you there. You, you know, my, my concern here with this is, is like it really is about the sheer dishonesty. And of course, that's a moving target. You know, an example with Facebook, I, I don't know if you know this, there was an article that came out in Engadget one, or TechCrunch, one of these tech magazines, and this was when they were saying back then, remember it was all algorithmic. Well, someone leaked a memo at face, Facebook where there were 10 people to manually throttle. Ted Cruz for president was one of them. Uh, I think Breitbart was one of them. I know the Chris Kyle Foundation was one of them and yours truly. Now, one of these things is not like the other and it's because specifically our, our content as a small website did very, very well comparatively yeah. and we settled out of court. But that was terrifying to me. To, I, I learned it the same time everybody else did, through the press, because it was a leak. Look at what's happened to Alex Jones. Now, whatever you think of Alex Jones, whatever you make of Alex Jones's content, he's effectively been completely banned right. across yeah. many of these platforms. Now, you know, that is the behavior that you would expect of a communist or fascist state. So there are some real issues and concerns here. I'm going to do my bit. I'm going to try on this side of the pond to raise this issue to make people realize what's going on, but it is in America where it's got to be tackled. Yes, absolutely right. And uh, one final issue I would like to bring up, people talk about net neutrality a lot. When people used to talk about this, net neutrality, I was saying, hold on a second, you're talking about ISPs as monopolies. Interesting fact, Netflix, uh, Google, Facebook, Twitter, they all supported net neutrality. People need to do a little bit of research on that law. And then when we talk about using these social media companies, regulating them as public utilities, they have a lot, they have a much stronger stranglehold on the information delivery than your local ISP. Uh, a final question. I hear that you gave uh, President Trump, I'm sure, well, you call him Donnie. I don't know. You're, you're, you're so familiar. <laughs> so close. I heard you, you had an interesting gift for him recently. No, no, no. It wasn't President Trump. No, no. No, no. So the boss man of the European Union yes. is a guy, John Claude Juncker, 
or known as John Claude Drunker, because he <laughs> likes a few glasses of wine at lunchtime. In fact, he's pretty useless in the afternoons. Um, and I thought that was common practice. <laughs> um, and I normally go into the big debates there wearing a pair of Union Jack socks. And he said to me in July, oh, Nigel, I like those socks. See, it's first name terms with me with all these people. Yes. <laughs> I like the socks. I said, I get you a pair. So I presented him with a pair of Union Jack socks and I've dared him to wear them on Brexit Day on March the 29th next year. So we'll see how we get on. We'll see it. We'll see how that goes. I, I love how you correct me. And you rightfully so wasn't Donald Trump, but then say this this man is useless after lunch. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's uh, that's uh, probably a little more damaging. I'm sure you two are on a first name basis, so he's fine with it. But um, really, how much wine are we talking at lunch here? Oh, this guy's a pro. <laughs> and coming from you, I heard a rumor that you obviously like your pints, but you drink. Is this true? I heard this. You, you can confirm or deny it, that you drink something like a liter and a half of water every night you go home if you've had uh, quite a few beers. That's your solution. Yeah, absolutely. If you've been out, had a few beers or a few glasses of wine at dinner, if you want to wake up the next morning ready for action, drink three big glasses of water before you go to bed and you'll wake up and you'll feel magic. Now, the trouble is, the doctors will tell you, Farage is encouraging people to drink alcohol. Well, I tell you what, a little bit of what you fancy does you good. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So long as you're still uh, of use to people after lunch. Take note, Mark. Uh, Okay, that is Nigel underscore Farage, at Nigel underscore Farage. The speech is going to be Thursday. I believe it's going to be on the 20th, and uh, his podcast now for Americans and Farage.com. Thank you so much, Nigel. I appreciate you being here. Love to have you back. Hey, Owen Benjamin, how much do you love uh, Mug Club? So much I want to marry it. That sounds a little, that sounds creepy. But they actually, that's a thing now, objectum sexuals. What? Yeah, especially considering how the segment went today. I, I don't think that people know that you're joking. But <laughs> you're a member, and obviously we support great people like uh, Owen Benjamin. You have shows coming up, hugepianists.com. But the way you support this show and our content, ladderwithcredit.com slash mug club. The show that you're seeing right now, often on thir- you see it on Thursdays, or you listen to it on iTunes, every day, every day, Monday through Thursday. Uh, and uh, that's not really every day. That's four days a week. But then there are bonus shows on Fridays in the weekend, ladderwithcredit.com slash mug club. 99 annually, you get this hand-etched, wonderful mug, access to the entire CRTV catalog. And if you're a student, veteran, or active military, just enter in that word, and it's $69 a year. If you can't afford that, then there are other problems, or you're probably just stealing things. You deal with that, right? People steal things sometimes. Yeah, people do steal things, but I wasn't joking about marrying this mug. Is that not, a, is that not cool? Glad to have her. Ne- we're glad to have her next. Right away, just coming in yeah. from the break, he was he was hot. Chael, Chael, move back from the move back from the what 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 is it? Sound guy, Edward. Come on, move, move back. There you go. Now I can see you. Reintroduce him. What did you just say? I said, do you remember the time I told you I was going to copy your podcast studio, and you were a real dick about it? I meant it to be flattering, and you were like, oh, come on, be original. I don't remember. But I remember insulting you, but I wasn't a dick about it. I mean, you know, I was breaking what? balls there. It was to the point that I didn't copy the studio. I thought, I don't think Stephen wants me using the same set that he's got. (laughs) Well, okay, so this is the set to your new studio. Is this what I'm seeing? 
Yeah, well, you know what? That's for that's for Errol and the bad guy. But yeah, that's what we do for our backdrop. But for my own podcast, yeah, I wanted to copy. I, I think that you just have a really quaint, I like how you do it. And I remember telling you that one time, thinking you'd go, oh, wow, thank you. And instead, you were I did. I said, thank you. It's just like right now, Betty White. You know, I like how it is. You know, it's quaint. And, you know, yeah, 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 yeah it's quaint. You know, it's, not, it's low budget. It's low fi. You know, um, you're the, yeah, I, I see what you did there. Uh, so, Chael. You have the show. Uh, it's at Chael Sonnen for people who don't know. It used to be Sonnen CH, so you finally got a handle on just Chael Sonnen. I guess. However all that works. <laughs> yeah, you have people who handle it However all that right stuff there. with the interwebs work. Hey, how was the prime minister? Did he ask about me? Did he say, like, how's Chael doing or anything? Nigel. Well, Nigel Farage is not prime minister, so your geopolitical uh, knowledge uh, no leaves room. Leaves <laughs> room. <laughs> no, people do know, actually. There is one. It's no. not him. Uh, <laughs> no, no, nobody knows. There's actually no way to find out for sure. There's there is no way to find out. Speculation. He There's actually, no way to confirm it. He actually uh, talked about Brexit and talked about uh, what he'll be doing in the UK on the 20th. This is something I, I want to get the your prime minister. This is something I want to get your take on. Have you, did you see the videos recently that were internal, but they were leaked of the Google executives and employees freaking out after the election? Did you see these yet? No, I didn't see the videos. I saw the emails. I saw the emails um, that leaked the two days ago, but no, what happened on the videos? Oh, they're just freaking out. People were literally weeping, weeping. We have to do, we will do everything in our power to stop these Trump voters and to stop this movement. So they were saying this behind closed doors, Google, they were saying at these big tech companies when they don't think, any, which is odd to me because they're a tech company and they're clearly filming this for an internal Thanks. video. Do you not understand this is going to get out? <laughs> Google. Um, and uh, they were saying that they would do anything they could to stop this groundswell, this movement. As someone who really, listen, obviously you fought in the UFC and you've, you've, you worked on, uh, you work on traditional television quite a bit, but your bread and butter here is your podcast. You have the biggest MMA podcast, I think, around. Does that, and you tend to be right-leaning, does that concern you? Does it send chills down your spine? You know, here's the thing about it, and, and to call it a crime would be an overstatement, but to finish my thought, first off, don't commit a crime, but second, don't document it. Why they would film it, I think, is a little bit concerning. And I'll also tell you this, the cover-up is always worse than the crime. I don't know why these guys don't just come out openly and say, yes, we've got a platform, we're a company, and we lean left. I don't see any reason for it. You know, even when Zuckerberg went before Congress, he did say that under oath. He goes, look, we're in Silicon Valley and they got their own culture here. And the most of the people that I hire are liberal. And I thought it was a little bit refreshing. I, I just don't know. I don't know why they would hide from it. You and I don't hide from it. Yeah. We've got platforms. We admit to it. Yeah, but they have billions. And, you know, you're doing a show on a niche sport and I'm hosting a show apparently in a nice quaint studio. So I think they have a little <laughs> bit more to lose. <laughs> By the way, you're doing a reverse Wilson. You keep cutting off the top of your head here. It's like, I'm like, doing the best. Stephen, you want to know what happened, and I apologize for, for, for giving you low tech here. My laptop went kaput, and my laptop is what I always do Skype for. I really don't use it for anything else other than Skype. Mm. It's currently quite literally in the garbage can. So I'm now doing this. I downloaded the app. I'm holding the phone. Well, thank you very much. You know you can fix those, right? You, can, you just send it to Geek Squad. Like, you don't have to throw it out. It was an old one anyway. I, you know what? I actually got a really cool laptop, if I may name drop and tell you a cool story. I was sitting on an airplane totally randomly visiting with a guy who turned out was the president of Dell.com. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean Michael Dell. I don't mean the president of Dell, but of Dell.com. And he gave me a laptop. How do you like that? So it was super advanced. I could touch the screen, did all these really cool things before Apple was even doing it. But that was 
10 years ago. That's so interesting. it was just time to go. Quarter black guy at one time was stuck next to the dude you're getting a Dell guy in a plane, and he molested him, and uh, he brought charges. So it's, <laughs> there's a parallel there. Charges. Uh, also sells drugs at unreasonably low prices until you find out he cuts them. He, he cuts them. There's a lot of filler. Uh, hey, has, sure. anyone, has anyone ever told you that you look like Joel Edgerton? I was just watching uh, Gringo the other day, and I was going, that guy looks like Chael Sonnen. You ever gotten that? No, I haven't, but I saw the movie Gringo, and I don't remember it off the top of my head. I remember liking the movie. It was good. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm going to take it as a compliment. Well, yeah, listen, people, he was in Warrior as well. You know, he played opposite Tom Hardy. That's where they took five foot, two five foot eight guys who've never done a push up, <laughs> put them on the juice, and tried to convince us that they were fighters. It was a great film, actually. But oh, um, if you watch their hey. fight training, it's always just hysterical. Hey, I'll give you a tip. I was in Dallas over the weekend at the UFC, and in my hotel room, I ordered uh, Sicario 2. Great that, movie. Really? Yeah, it's not going to win awards. It's not like what they're looking for, but uh, entertainment value, start to finish, two hours, something happening nonstop. I really enjoyed it. Here's a controversial opinion we'll get into. We'll go back to politics here in a second, but you and I, I think, both agree. You wrote about this in your book that Chinatown was a better film uh, that year than The Godfather. I would agree with that. Yes. Now, uh, now, why do you think that that is not what's accepted, really, in kind of the, in, in the, the film knowledge of society, which is really, let's be, it's, it's really, really shallow. Everyone says, oh, you'll never make a better movie than The Godfather. I remember saying, well, they made a better one that year, Chinatown. Yeah. No, I agree. Hey, you want to know what drives me crazy is uh, people within the industry of filmmaking and television making love of the Sopranos. The Sopranos was a disaster. And Stephen, I feel that I can prove it. Now, okay. how, how could I possibly prove an opinion? I feel that I could prove, look, the Sopranos was terrible. It was painful. It was painfully awful. But now that we have time that's separated, I will challenge some people when I tell them what a piece of crap it was. And I have no <laughs> idea why industry insiders, it doesn't matter if you're the camera guy, if you're the lighting guy, if you're an aspiring director, everybody bows down to that piece of garbage. And I'll go, okay, guys, well, there's been enough time separated. None of you have ever, how many times have you ever rewatched it? And they all stand there and go, well, none. Go, okay, well, how many box sets have you sent out as Christmas presents, like a lot of people did with Seinfeld, which was a great show? None. Right. And how many of the people that worked on The Sopranos are working on anything today? And the answer is none. And I don't mean to be a jerk towards the people that were the actors in it, but the reality the, is the that lead show is dead. Was garbage. And it goes down. It's officially ranked the number one show of all time. It's like, guys, that's just simply not true. And the people saying it don't mean it because they don't even rewatch it. Yeah, I feel that way about The Wire. You know what? The Wire is actually the number two ranked show of all time. Mm. And I feel that that is greatly embellished. I don't even think the production, and I did like the storyline behind it from entertainment. I was yeah. entertained with Street Life and the way they did it. But I even thought the production level for where HBO was and the budget that they have, I thought it was a very simply made television show. Yeah. I liked it. I must admit I liked it. But the number two ranking of all time? I don't, I got a problem with that. This is a different side to Chael that a lot of people don't see. They just see, you know, usually uh, fist, fisticuffs, uh, you know, or before some kind of a committee. Uh, let me ask you this. There's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's, <laughs> I'm sorry. Have you, that was brilliant. Did you ever that see, did you ever see The Night Of on HBO? Did you ever watch that with John Turturro? No. That's the best. No, how is it? That's, I would say it's the best series on television in a decade. Better than Breaking oh. Bad. Oh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Where he got in the jam and it was the taxi. Yes, he, yes. Yes. 
Did you did you and like he it? Flipped the lawyer, and the lawyer ends up falling in love with him and bringing him drugs. That was. Fa- Are they making? Did they ever make a second part they, to that? They didn't. But it was one of those shows. It was so well done that I actually had to take a break uh, from it for a couple episodes because it was a stressful point in my life and it was giving me too much anxiety. When you, I always tell this to people, and I, everyone who comes back and says, "I finally watched the show." You're right. You go, "Oh my gosh, they're gonna hang this kid. He didn't do it." To the next episode, you're like, he did it for sure. I want to watch him fry. To the next episode, ah, oh, I can't believe this twist. It is an amazing show, and it doesn't seem like enough people really give it the credit it deserves compared to The Wire. I would I would fully agree with you, and that is an award-winning show because they did ca- character development on that, and the story was really well told, and I agree. They messed with your emotions. You couldn't decide who uh, good versus evil was. I saw one, not award-winning, but you will not regret you watched it. It was just a Netflix Ozark. They yeah. dropped the second season. It was a good season. Oh, Oh, Compared to fantastic. Westworld I, 2. I didn't finish Westworld 2 season. Did you fit, Did you make it through Westworld 2? No, everybody recommended it to me. I'm not super into sci-fi with that said. I love Game of Thrones, but I don't think Game of Thrones does enough sci-fi to even qualify. It does qualify, but th- it Barely. only touches on it. I didn't get into Westworld, and people really re- recommended it to me. Well, the second season was absolutely terrible. It was interesting, and then we'll get back. So the, he will be on the show soon, David Mamet. My favorite film, and I just say it's the most underrated film, I would say, of the last three decades. So that doesn't have to be everyone's favorite film, but my favorite film is The Edge. Anthony Hopkins, Alec Baldwin. You ever seen it? Okay. Uh, no, I don't know that I've seen The Edge. This is the problem. Go watch it. Owen Benjamin here, he's, he's gone for a restroom break. Go watch it. Come back to me and tell me that it is not one of the most underrated films that you've ever seen. Here's the, here's the key there. The billionaire, Anthony Hopkins, is the good guy. That never happens in any film. And this was years before David Mamet came out in the New York Times uh, op-ed and wrote, uh, before I was a brain-dead liberal. He's a super, super right-wing conservative now. No, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. This guy is the most prolific playwright of the untouchables. Play, plays out the wazoo. And this was before he knew he was a conservative. He wrote a film in which the altruistic guy was uh, Charles the Billionaire, Anthony Hopkins. Really, really worth watching. I know you're a film buff. All right, getting back to the documenting. Wait, 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 I'm so sorry, but I must ask you, in any way by telling me that, did you just ruin the movie? No. Is that disclosed right up front? Okay. Yeah, it's disclosed right up front. As a matter of fact, uh, completely ruined. And to put a final button on this, because you brought up the billionaire being the good guy. In this case, the billionaire is not necessarily the good guy, but probably pretty well depicted. Uh, but try uh, Will Ferrell made a new show called Succession, okay. which people speculate is about Rupert Murdoch, but they've never said that. But it is absolutely excellent. HBO. Well, do they speculate because there's a scene with Roger Ailes just motorboating Megyn Kelly in the green room? And you're like, that, doesn't, <laughs> that seems out of place here. Hey, speaking of, of, we were talking about planes, private planes. I was on a private plane recently. <laughs> Do you care to share the story that you Segway. shared with me when we were discussing uh, podcast studios? I do not. Okay, all right. We don't have to talk about care. it. I do not care to do that. <laughs> okay. Um, you have a fight coming up, Chael. Uh, we're against... having some fun here today, aren't we? We're having some real fun here. I'm enjoying talking. See, this is the beauty of being your own boss. When people watch this and they get inspired by you, they, that, the thing they should be inspired about is not just sitting in a cool studio wearing a cool long sleeve shirt, I must add. Well, You're going to have to yeah, tell no. me that brand. It's, what, it's What's Walther? They're a sponsor, actually. To be able to say what you want and not have to go into HR. This is true, yeah. And I know you've made several trips to that department. Uh, at HR. When is your fight with Fatal? The kids I like the best in school are the ones I met right outside of the principal's office. (laughs) (laughs) When's your fight with uh, with Fedor? Is that that finalized now? No, no one knows. It's like the prime minister. There's no way to find out. (laughs) And no one knows for sure. But it is... It is going to happen. Hey, it's a month. It's a month from today. It's October 13th. That's when the the fight is? Yeah. Yeah. I see what you did. You're very comfortable with the lying. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in Nassau, in Nassau Coliseum, which is right, right by you. Um, now, did, did I, did I hear that? Uh, or was it Little Birdie? Are you going to be doing a, a show that dives a little bit more into politics, culture? You're just sticking with the MMA right now, because a lot of people know you from MMA, but they don't. A lot of the younger people don't know uh, that you have a pretty long, long history of being out, outspoken politically. Well, I'll tell you, politics is my favorite sport, and for a lot of people, it bores them. You you and I are on the other side of it, where we really enjoy it, but uh, for a lot of people, they find it boring. I've never seen a sport. I've never seen a football game. I've never seen a basketball game. My uncle won two NBA championships and an Olympic gold medal in basketball. Drives him crazy, but I, I, I can't watch a game. I've gone to them. I know what they are. I've try, I can't struggle through it, And uh, but I love politics. I could tell you about Senate race debates that that happened in New Hampshire 10 years ago and tell you how great they were. I just enjoy that. I find it to be fighting. I find it to be gamesmanship. Um, I find it to be entertaining. I find it to be a battle of wits uh, all the way down to the body language and the way that they, the candidates dress. I, I, I'm into that. I like that kind of a fight, uh, you know, with your mind and with your body language and, and to captivate and win over in a crowd and an audience and inspire people. For me, that is a sport, and I'm into it, and I've been into it since I was a little kid. So it's just a hobby more than anything else. Are, but yeah, are you right. alarmed, though, beyond the hobby side? Beyond the hobby side, are you alarmed with what you're seeing from big tech, big tech and the banning on Twitter and on YouTube, on social media, obviously as someone who make, makes your bones there? Are you, are, are you ever concerned that maybe you say the wrong thing and that valve gets shut off? Because it's happening to a lot of people. I'll tell you what it has crossed my mind. I mean, I, I don't know that I, that I personally play, uh, play, play that fence that close that, that something like that would happen. But, yeah, I've been a little bit surprised. I mean, if you see, I, I think you're probably talking about Alex Jones. Um, I, I don't know him, and I haven't followed his stuff very close, but I think of him as a worker. I think of him as a performer and an entertainer. And for some reason, an entertainer can get away with anything as long as they admit, I'm here to entertain. Alex Jones does not admit that. And that's where the term worker comes from. I threw that out, and some people may not recognize it. That's actually an old pro wrestling term. But back right. in the pro wrestling days, the guys did not admit they were entertainers, and they did not admit uh, that it was a predetermined outcome. Yeah. They came out as though they were competitors, and they were just were, they, they held the secret and went out to fool the world. And that's called a worker. And that appears to me, without being an expert on Alex Jones, that just appears to me what Alex Jones is. No, it's not just really Alex Jones. They, they banned Gavin McInnes, and uh, obviously we've had a ton of our videos banned, put in restricted mode. You see that with PragerU. There are lawsuits going on. And I, I know, listen, you, you deal more in the fight game. But here's the problem now. When people are athletes are trotted out in the regular to apologize for their personal worldviews, I was just wondering if that had bled in there for you. But you've kind of inoculated yourself a little bit because obviously you've been so outspoken. We do have to get going. Look at that. Get, get a full shot here so we can see that wonderful Steven, Joel Edgerton. Steven, you want to really know why I don't care? I guess I I don't care because I'm rich. If you really want to know, that's what made me quit giving a damn. I'm going to do what I want and say what I want. And if they don't like it, they can shove it up their ass because I don't need them anyway. If this were your laptop, I thought you were going to go kaboom and just end the interview. I feel more comfortable if you slam dunk me. Kaboom. Thank you. That was Jail Center. We'll oh, be right back uh, after this, everybody. <laughs> And now for the adventures of the White Privilege Boy. All right there now, Timmy. I know you're a teenager, but if I've told you once, I've told you a thousand times. You can't park your vehicle faced into oncoming traffic. Come on, let's move. Well, gee, officer, I'm sure sorry. Can I just go back to my car? No, no, I want you to follow my instructions. Either get down on the ground or follow me away from the vehicle. But officer... Can't I just get my PCP? Ah, well, 
You know, usually I'd say no, but you can make it quick. Come on, get on out of here, you white rascal. Oh boy, I'm in a free base. Oh, those boys. What pickle will they find themselves in next? Stay tuned for next week's installment of Adventures of the White Privilege Boys. That was called the, uh, the prioplasm uh, drowning dance. <laughs> Is that the word? Was it prioplasm? Yeah, it's close enough. I'll just, close I'll, enough. Just, I'll, just, I'll, just need a, I'll just need to check Gerald's purse. <laughs> <laughs> just look at the discarded medical instructions. That was the t I will look it up later. Someone will watch this. The, the comments it's in the thing. comments it's just right gonna now. be littered with whatever it is. You know exactly. There's a spider that bites you, and it is a raging uh, state of arousal. And the term I think it's prioplasm. <laughs> Pasm. I don't know. Priospasm. That sounds about right. Thank that you so much, close. Nigel Farage, Chael Sonnen. I know yeah. we went off the beaten path there with Chael, but he's. You know, he actually probably knows film and television better than anyone I can think of. Yeah. Who uh, isn't uh, isn't directly in film or television. Obviously, his fights are televised. But uh, hey, we have a big crowd of confronts coming up next week. Uh, for those, and then we're going to have a uh, Matt Eisman, American Ninja Warrior host, in third chair. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have some Ooh. pretty big things coming on down the pike. And my uh, uh, one-hour chat with Ben Shapiro goes up this Sunday. Oh, it does. Yeah, I saw the I saw the little trailer for it. It, it, it. exciting. Oh, really? There was a trailer for it? Yeah, they, they released a little short. short they told me not to let anyone know because they said people think it's live, and I was going on a Sunday. That'd be about as believable as it being live on a Saturday for Ben. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. I don't know. Anyway, but it, it should be a lot of fun. And uh, I wore my Ranger panties, which you can get up to a lot of <laughs> merch stores. And, uh, and it, made, uh, it made Ben Shapiro incredibly uncomfortable. Sometimes I do think he might be, like, actually afraid of the, the male form. You think? Yeah, it's a little Maybe bizarre. Possibly. Um, but here's one thing I, I want, I've talked about with Ben, uh, and I talked about this with Dennis Prager. It was in the fireside chat, and some people said, I'd like for you to expand upon this a little bit. And um, I, I want to sort of go back to what we were talking about the left, the culture at large, but apply it to everyone listening. You know, we kind of do this at the end of the end of the show. Uh, how does this apply to you? Because a lot of – this is one thing Jordan Peterson has really tapped into. Uh, and I'm very, very fortunate to, to have this platform that we do. But um, I think one of the greatest evils today – so let me start with this. And I see it from the left almost exclusively is they've ingrained it into people with a brilliant bait, bait and switch, by the way. Um, they, they equate envy with empathy. And this is one thing I actually disagree with a lot of intellectuals out there on the right is this idea that the left has a general stronghold on compassion and that the right has a majority stake in industriousness or productivity. That the left is compassionate to the weak, that the right is, is, is cold and sort of hell-bent on survival, uh, you know, survival of the, the, the fittest, right? The, str the, the strong survive, conquering. A lot of people on the right sort of concede this. Um, it's a lie. It's a lie. I do not agree with it at all. I see modern progressive leftists as the least compassionate people, potentially in, in modern society, uh, potentially in, in non-modern society when it comes to uh, uh, comparing it to other societies who, if you, if you look at the people who are burning people alive, eh, relatively progressive. I know, I know people think that that's because words don't make sense anymore. What, what, what drives the left today isn't compassion. 
It really isn't. It's tapping into envy. We see it from everything from their proposed tax plans and their slogans of eat the rich to the way they score children's soccer games. Namely in that they don't. They don't score them at all. This is one thing too I hear, eat the rich. We, you can see these on bumper stickers. You can see these with, with the Antifa members. You can see these, these slogans on flags. You don't want to eat the rich because you're compassionate. It's because you're envious. No one has a sign out there. No one has a three-piece rocker that says, eat the rich, because they're compassionate people. They didn't say, hey, how can I help out my fellow man? Eat the rich! It's because you're an envious little bastard. Or bitch, we don't want to be sexist here. Hashtag yeah. you yeah. too. Inclusive. You don't refuse to keep scores for children's sports, not because it's compassionate. We do it to cater to envy. Children will envy the other team. They'll envy what the other team has, whether it's points on the board or oranges at the halftime. I don't know if soccer has halftime. I don't follow it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a three-year-old girl or homosexual from Greece to hear Nick DiPaolo say it. <laughs> so here's the thing, though. This is what really bothers me, and then we'll get into how it applies to your life. Rather than be compassionate to the team who's earned their stay, who's earned their keep, you steal their victory, you steal their points, and you hand it to the envious. That's not compassion to me. That is simply a political ploy to tap into envy. People screaming, eat the rich, are not compassionate. They're selfish people. The middle class is another thing. There was a study that came out recently. I heard it discussed. We'll probably talk about it next week on the show. It's not disappearing. I hear this a lot. They say, well, 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 well $15, they did it in Australia, and they're okay, $15 an hour. They did a living wage in this, this country or pick whatever province, whatever, re just take your pick. They go, so it worked there. It didn't implode. Well, hold on a second. Are they in charge of the world's national defense? Also, uh, we have the highest average income outside of Luxembourg, which is really basically a tax haven. So would you rather be the society where you have a ton of people with zero skills making $15 an hour? Or would you rather be a society where people who did go to college, who did learn a skill or trade, have the highest average income? What's more compassionate? The middle class is not disappearing. Uh, but there is some truth to when the left says that the middle class, most of you watching middle class, you're often left behind. You know when that happens? When we create policies predicated on envy. Obamacare, great example. Poor people got subsidized health care because they wanted it and couldn't afford it, namely. Most of them weren't working, productive members of society. Some of them not even legal citizens. Do you know who got hit the hardest? Not the wealthy, they can always afford it, right? But the middle class. The middle class who weren't such screw-ups that they qualified for the subsidy and they weren't wealthy enough to afford the skyrocketing costs to subsidize the premiums, the skyrocketing deductibles. There's an irony for you. That's not compassion. That's stealing from the working middle class and yes, the working wealthy class. I don't care if you're wealthy or middle class. I, th I care that you're working. I care that you're a productive member of society and I want you to reap the spoils of your work. We took it from them, we gave it into the hands of the people who are envious. Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, let's look at that. Subprime, how often do you use subprime low market? Predatory lending. Have you heard that predatory lending? Like someone's going, hey, hey kid, Psst, come over here. You want a giant sum of cash that I know I'll never get back? I've got him right where I want him. How, what happened with this? Who got screwed? The middle class, the housing crisis. People talked about skyrocketing home costs at this point in society. I remember, yeah, it's true. That's also because homes are twice as big, by the way. When people talk about skyrocketing home costs, your house is on average twice as big as your grandparents' house, but I digress. But guess what? The middle-class Americans who responsibly saved 20 to 30% down for a down payment and they diligently built good credit, they didn't need the subprime loans, which the government was effectively enforcing, right? When people say predatory lending, no one, no one lends money knowing that they won't get it back. They only do it when the government forces them to make that loan and, of course, backs it. 
then it's free money on the table. But guess what? The middle class, the people who responsibly saved and scraped and lived diligently, they didn't need the subprime loans. Who did? The people who saved nothing. The people who had no credit. The same people who were envious of those who did the exact opposite of them. And when the housing crash happened and the envious, covetous old sinners were a year late on all of their housing payments, and the middle class Americans, by the way, who had scraped and saved and were ready for the market to rebalance at that point to finally buy their home, hey, I've got money down. Hey, I've saved up and the, the housing market was not friendly to me, so I rented for a little bit, but here's my time. The government said no. And the people who had no business being in those houses made out like bandits. Was that compassion? No, it was catering to envy. And so this is one thing that really bothered, you know what breeds envy, by the way? Weakness. Weakness breeds envy. Weakness also breeds untrustworthiness. It breeds betrayal. The left loves to, this is the thing, they love to vilify the strong as toxic. Let me ask you, how many times, we've talked about this, we talked about it last week with Gavin McGinnis. How many times have you been betrayed by a strong man or woman? How many times have you been backstabbed by the person in your life with a backbone? The person who's a little tough to get along with in your life, but gets things done? How often have they screwed you over? Let's contrast that. Think about the person, and we all know this person, who just never gets their crap together, their finances, their marriages, their relationships, they're holding down of a job, they're in a constant state of crisis. I know these people. They leave everyone else holding the bag. Have they screwed you over? And maybe even if not, are they the person you would call to pick up your kids? Are they the person you turn to when you really need someone to trust? It is the weak among us who hurt us the most. And it doesn't mean that the strong cannot be compassionate to the weak, but this idea that solely because people are weak, and I'm not just talking about your bench press, I'm talking about weak of character, this idea that it, weakness exclusively means worthy of compassion, and strength means you don't need it. It's a lie. It's a lie. And, and, and it's not that conservatives aren't compassionate, it's that we don't buy into that lie. And here's the thing, if the progressive left wants to build a society that caters to weak people, to the weak, and more specifically, to the weak's envy. The left, they, they not only want a society, uh, 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 they don't want a society where strength can grow, right? This is what we're talking about. This is what, we, ultimately, we talked about this. We've talked about the underdog theory. That why, do they, why do they love Hamas when it's in their charter to kill all Jews? Because they suck, right? Because they're weak. Because they're not very good. And so, all right, we're going to go with Hamas. They must be in the moral superior. They must have the moral high ground here. But... They want society to be entirely dedicated, dictated, entirely de dedicated to and dictated by the squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinners. The people who say, I can't afford the house, but I deserve it. Eh, you know what? Uh, I, I actually, I didn't score any goals, but I feel uh, that I deserve that score, so could you please even it out? You know what? I never went to college. You know, I, I never actually, I didn't go to trade school, but I think I deserve $15 an hour. Yeah. You know what? I, I, didn't, I, I didn't actually purchase insurance before I got sick. Uh, I did not save up any money, and uh, I believe it's like mm, free health care, please. Now, in contrast, strength, uh, strength, this is important to know. Not all strong people are good. I'm not saying that. Strength can breed selfishness. It can breed, it, it can breed bullishness. But it can also breed generosity. Weakness, by its very definition, is incapable of breeding generosity. The weak cannot be generous even if they wanted to. Hear that, socialists? Democratic socialists? It doesn't matter. It's not even on their radar. They're so busy getting theirs. They, they don't even often have a second to think about how to help others. It's why food banks go into poor neighborhoods, not out of them. Of course, I understand it's a money issue, right? I understand that people with money are trying to help people who don't have money, but it's just a good example right there. If, if that's how you reacted and, and you said, you see class and problems entirely determined by money, the poor may not be able to donate their money. Okay, let me give you an example. But how often do you see them critting 
nonprofit efforts to, meaning the weak among us, people who might be down into luck financially, but we all, we all give what we can, right? How often do you hear this in, in natural disasters? Give what you can. How often do you see poor people creating nonprofits in an effort to, I don't know, offer free marriage counseling services, help with the opioid crisis among middle-class youth? I can't remember who said this recently. I, I don't remember who it was. Um, it's going to bother me, but someone can probably comment and, and, and let me know. Uh, someone said, just because somebody lives in a pretty house, it doesn't mean that th pretty things go on inside of them. I think is what this person says. I'm probably butchering the quote. Um, that really stuck with me. The weak can't be generous. They're incapable of it. But the strong, at least, they can sit back. They can decide what to use their strength for, good or bad. And this is what I want to see. This is ultimately what this comes down to. I want to see more strong people out there. If you're watching the show, if you're listening, and you're not doing something to become stronger every day, you're doing it wrong. And I'm not asking for people out there to be he-man. All I'm asking is that you're stronger today than you were yesterday, and that you'll be stronger tomorrow than you were today. And that'll be by a conscious effort. I'm talking physically, emotionally, intellectually, spiritually. Every day, you better be getting stronger because the only way this world stays on track, the only way this world gets saved is by the strong among us using their strength to do right. So when I say that I don't have any time for weakness, it's not for a lack of compassion. And I hate it when people concede that territory. No, I think that conservatives are the most compassionate among us because we want to create an atmosphere that fosters strength, which we, knows, we, we know breeds life as opposed to sucks it from someone's very soul. That's what I hate about leftism. I hate, it, I hate that it crushes the soul, the human spirit. It's not for lack of compassion for those in need, but precisely because of it, is my point. I don't want to see the strong having their goodness stolen from them, whether it's points at a soccer game, whether it's that middle-class family who deserved to get into a home that they saved for, and by proxy, by the way, stolen from all the people who could be blessed by it. That's just something that's important. Strength. People who are strong can bless other people, whether it's financially. Think about this. Someone who's blessed financially, intellectually, even physically, they can help you move. Intellectually, they can teach you. Financially, they can be the ones building wells. So to steal it from them is to steal the blessing from everyone who was blessed through them. And what do you do? You hand it to the chronically weak, to the chronically envious. The, the left wants you to think that they have a corner on compassion. They don't. They're not capable of it because they're followers and they're weak. They don't have a corner on compassion. They have a corner on envy. And you see it right now with Google. You see it right now culturally with this kickback and the babies being put to bed who are screaming their plaintive wails. Don't give into it. Don't buy into it. If you give into it, if you give into the left catering to your envy, you give in, you're already a shadow of your potential, doomed to a life of weakness dominated by envy. Get stronger today, tomorrow, and the next day, however you can. I want to see more of you out there. See you next week. It only takes